Welcome to the two-man game. I'm your host, Landon Holland, and with me as always, my co-host, Xavier Rocha. What's up, Roach? What's going on, Dando? How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Just enjoying the middle of the NBA season, looking forward to the trade deadline, and there's a lot to talk about right now, so I'm excited for this podcast today. Yeah, I want to open up today with a question for you, just about a few injuries that occurred this past week. Um, I want to start with the Kevin Durant injury. Sprained his knee in a game. And I think it, the timetable is like four to six weeks, but I've heard that the Nets seem to keep their players out longer than like the average timetable. So it could be hitting six weeks, maybe longer. Yeah, uh, this injury, I think it's the same as Anthony Davis's injury. I think it's the MCL sprain, which that timetable does. That's what I think I saw too. And I mean, it's really tough for the Nets as they were on top of the East and they're probably going to fall to around like the four or five seed and these next, uh, in this next month without Durant. Hopefully they can stay afloat, but losing, in my opinion, the best player that we have in the league today, uh, obviously you're going to start to lose a lot more games, and his chance for MVP is pretty much thrown out the window now that he's going to miss all this time, which really sucks for Durant fans and Durant himself, but I'm not too worried about the Nets. Hopefully Kyrie can start playing every game at some point within this timetable but yeah yeah i know they're on a four game road trip right now and they're they played two of them so far and they're one and one um but they still have two more away games so Kyrie will play in those then they have kind of a tough stretch they have the lakers at home the nuggets at home and then they go on the road to a west coast road trip with the warriors suns kings and jazz so i mean it's going to be kind of tough to play those teams on the road because, I mean, those are all pretty solid teams. And the Kings can, I mean, play good any night. They have the players to do that. So it's going to be interesting, but I do think they'll be fine, especially if, like, the whole Kyrie situation gets figured out and he can play. Yeah, the top of the East is looking really good right now, so I don't think they will stay in, like, the top four or maybe the top three considering... Milwaukee's playing really good, Miami's playing really good, and Chicago is half a game ahead of Brooklyn right now. But Chicago also just lost one of their key players, Alonzo Ball. Uh, not as important as Durant, obviously, but how do you think Alonzo's injury will affect the Bulls team? Well, since he's been out, I know they have a rookie point guard, Ayo Dasumo or Dasumu. And I know he's been playing extremely well. I think like his last three games, he's shooting like 70% from three, which is kind of wild. And they just got Crusoe back too. And Kobe White's also playing super good. So they definitely have the guard play to kind of like fill in for Lonzo when he's going to be gone here. But I mean, Lonzo's playmaking is super good. And he also just brings so much intensity on the defensive end, getting in passing lanes and being able to guard like top tier guards. So I think their defense might struggle a little bit, but I think their scoring will be fine because Kobe White's a scorer. Yeah. 
and their last five games have they lost four straight, but then they got a big win against Cleveland on Wednesday night. Uh, and two other next three games are against Orlando and Oklahoma City, so that that should help them get a couple games. Uh, those are some road games that they they should be able to win. But I definitely think the Bulls, uh, if they could take any injury, it'd be to their guard position because that's the place they have the most depth at. Yeah, but, I mean, and then just getting like AO some minutes here, can I mean, he can play well up his value, and who knows, they're, they've been a team to be like talked about around the deadline so far, so I mean, he could be thrown in as a piece. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's move on to that, and let's start talking about teams that are playing well at the moment, and I want to start off with the Miami Heat, who we just brought up playing very well, and they're sitting at the second seed in the East. What do you think they've done, or Eric Spolstra's Eric done to up his Coach of the Year uh, candidacy and just keeping this team afloat with how many players are missing games? Yeah, Miami's been really impressive. Uh, this last month or so, they uh, have won around like 13 out of their last 15 games or something like that, and most of that without Bam Adebayo. Uh, they've been missing Jimmy Butler for a lot of the season, and they have not had their whole team most of the year, but they're starting to get healthy. Adebayo played on Wednesday against Portland for the first time in a long time and I was watching down the stretch and it just I just remembered like Jesus guy is an elite like his def- defense is just all NBA level and he's just spe- special on that side of the ball and then with Butler who can be the best player on the court every every night uh with those two guys back in the lineup uh, no team wants to see them on any night. Also, they have Tyler Hero, who has is having a six-man-of-the-year type of year. And uh, who's that center they got, the young center? Omar Yurt 7. Yeah. yeah. Omar Yurt 7. Uh, <laughs> he's kind of come out of nowhere, and he's been super productive, having games where he's like scoring 20 points, getting 15 rebounds, and... He's like a seven-footer who can be pretty impactful for this team. So Miami just, again, finding some players out of nowhere that can help help them win some games, which they're no, they've been known to do for a while. Yeah, and it was interesting because when Bam returned against Portland, uh, your seven's been like a double-double machine, you know, getting like 12 rebounds a game, averaging like 14 points. And then Spolstra decides that with Adebayo returning that he's going to give Dwayne Dedman the backup role. And Omar Yard 7 hasn't played the last two games, which I found super interesting just because he's been playing so well. I thought that was an interesting decision by Spolstra. Yeah. I wonder... I mean, Dedman's a pretty solid backup center, but I wonder if he'll stick with that. But if I'm Miami... If I'm a Miami fan, I'm trusting Eric Spolstra with everything he does. Yeah, he's one of the best coaches in the league, if not the best. And, I mean, maybe Deadman just also provides some shooting because I know he's 
kind of a shooting big man. And your seven is kind of just like a back to the basket, pick and roll guy. Yeah. So, I mean, that could also be t- a reason too, just to get like some variety out on the floor. And one of the, one other thing I notice is, even with like Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, who are two elite defenders in this league, missing time, significant time. Uh, the Heat have I have like the uh, fourth best uh, opponents points per game. They hold them to like 104. I know that's fourth best in the league, which with those two elite defenders missing so much time just shows like that their team defensively is elite just all around. And adding those two players back just makes them even scarier. Yeah, their their defense this year without Bam is just shows that Eric Spolstra has a great system in place and gets his guys to play hard every single night. And, and they're definitely a. He would be my coach of the year right now for sure. I would agree too. So another team that's super hot and has won. Eight out of their last ten games is the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, this team was struggling for a long time this season at the beginning of the year, and then they even started struggling more because Luka went down with an ankle injury. But ever since his return, they've looked more and more like the team that Mavericks fans thought they could be. And uh, a lot of that comes from Jason Kidd. you got to give him a lot of credit. This Dallas team is ranked top 10 in defense this year, which I believe under Rick Carlisle that they were never a above-average defensive team. So Kidd's done a good job with the team from that standpoint. And then he's also inserted Jalen Brunson into the starting lineup, who has been pretty productive this year, especially when Luka was out and... Now with Brunson in the starting lineup, Luka is getting less usage in the first half, and he's saving more energy to take over games late, so that can help out uh, Luka a lot. And Brunson's just, he's just a very productive point guard and should be a starting point guard in this league. Yeah, and that's one thing with the Mavericks is they're always trying to, or they have, like many people want them to get another ball handler, handler next to Luka. And Brunson definitely is that guy, but they still need, like, or just adding another player that can handle the ball and play make would just make them so much better than they already are. And I mean, Luca playing better than he did to open up the season. I know he came in overweight, kind of out of shape, and wasn't playing his best ball early on. But he's been playing extremely well and uh, getting Porzingis to start playing well here late, as of late has really helped boost the team, too. And, yeah, Brunson's just amazing. He's better than I definitely thought he was. Yeah, he's like an an old-school type of point guard. He's not going to take a lot of threes, or he's not super, super flashy, but he just knows how to uh, move around the court and get his teammates involved and get to the rim. He's fun to watch. I mean, and he is a good shooter, like, if he has to shoot, he's not... Yeah, he's a solid shooter. A terrible shooter. And he's just super good at running the pick and roll, and his floater games are really, really good, too. Yeah. So, I mean... Also, Porzingis is having a pretty good year. Obviously, he's out with injury, off and on, just 
how he has been his whole career, but he's been having a pretty good season. Yeah, I know when he has played, he's looked better than, I mean, the previous years. I know in the bubble, he looked super good. I mean, until he went out, obviously, but last yeah. year, it was it was a big problem for them that he wasn't playing to the level that they kind of like paid for him to play by throwing in those picks to get, acquire him. But now that he's playing his best basketball in a while, it's really helping the team, and they're definitely climbing the standings right now. Dallas's next two games are Memphis and Golden State, so it'll be interesting to see how those games turn out. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a test for them, and we'll definitely see what they're made of over these next two games. So do you want to get into some trade talk since? I mean, yeah, that's my favorite talk to do is talk trade. So uh, let's bring up the big, big trade of the week. Uh, Cam Reddish is now a New York Nick. He's joining his Duke teammate, RJ Barrett. And a lot of Knicks fans, like Knicks fans do, over, are overreacting to this trade. And see Cam Reddish as a future all-star. Uh, I mean, what do you think about Cam Reddish? Let's start there. I mean, Cam's coming out of high school is one of the like highest-ranked players in his class. And even like the start of the year at Duke until he kind of didn't play to, to his standard. And then in, he got drafted to Atlanta, which was just filled with a bunch of wings already so it was kind of like a cluster there and i think him not getting the playing time he thought he deserved probably made him struggle a little bit his first two years but this year he's shooting 38 percent from three and 40 percent from the field which i mean with the type of shots he's taking isn't too bad and i think if he can get the starting role in new york or even just like more significant minutes he'll definitely show what he's kind of what he can do on the floor and like what he can maybe be one day but in Atlanta he just struggled because he never really got those minutes and wasn't really I don't feel like he was really wanted there and he didn't want to be there obviously because he requested a trade but I'm excited to watch him in New York and I hope he does really well yeah I'm super excited for Cam I've been high on cam ever since he got drafted and to me it was just annoying to see him come off the bench on a young hawks team but they did have deandre hunter who i i do believe is a better fit alongside trey young a guy who is a better defender than cam a better defender than most people in the league and he doesn't require the ball as much as cam does to make plays for himself. Uh, but Cam, his potential is... His upside's pretty high. Uh, he's a 6'8 forward who has a tight handle, a pure shot, and... In his young career so far, I feel like a lot of the times he's forcing like super difficult shots, and that's why his percentages have been low. But this year he's... As you said, he's shooting a lot better, and hopefully he'll continue to improve his shot selection as he is getting more consistent playing time and 
has a more defined role on the Knicks. Uh, it seemed like in Atlanta, he was either injured or uh, coming off the bench, and then some games he ended up starting and playing like 35 minutes. Like this year, I think he had like a 35-point game as a starter when everybody was in COVID protocol, but then a month later, he's getting like 12 minutes in a game. So... Yeah, his role was just super weird, and I, I mean, if he would have got consistent minutes, I mean, he definitely showed that he could be potentially an elite scorer in this league, but his minutes were just so fluctuated, and his role was terrible in Atlanta that he never really got a chance to, like, be himself, and that was probably rough to deal with. Yeah, for sure. Definitely and then, sucks, on the Hawk side of the steal, they pretty much... I mean, they got Kevin Knox, but I don't think he'll, he means anything to the Hawks. I think that they wanted to get this first-round pick, which most people think it's a loss, but also uh, many people see it as they're going to use that first-round pick to do something before the deadline. Um, it seems like with a team they have, they don't really need... like role players so if I would have to guess I think Atlanta wants to make a big move and get like a not an all-star but like a player close to all-star caliber what do you think about like what Atlanta will do with what they got in that camera deal Atlanta yeah they're also a team that's been talked about to maybe like make a deal at the deadline and that first round pick obviously it's just another asset that they can throw into the to a deal but i just kind of question it because i feel like cam reddish is like just as like valuable as that first round pick if like you're trading it to a team that's going to trade a star they're obviously going to go into like a rebuilding phase and cam reddish just seems like a nice piece that many teams would want because he's a a big wing which is like wanted around the league all the time but i mean i think they do make a deal near or at the deadline i don't know if it's for like a player like bradley beal or like a star guard like that because obviously they don't they don't need wings because that's why cam reddish isn't on the team anymore because they're kind of full there <laughs> but i hope they do make a deal and if they would get a player like bradley beal that would be super good but he's been known to not really be on the market so i don't really know what they could do but I hope they do make a deal. Yeah. I sure hope so too. Cuz the more deals we get, the more fun we have, so. Yeah, and it's just weird because like coming out of the Eastern Conference Finals, you thought the Hawks would be this team now that is was going to be pretty good in the regular season and have a higher seed, get more home games in the playoffs, but they've really struggled this year and it's just kind of weird that they're just like have just fallen off after that super good playoff run last year. Yeah, their their defense has been pretty bad this year, and Clint Capella hasn't been very good. Uh, DeAndre Hunter missed a couple months, so maybe that will help their defense a lot. But they've just definitely been probably the most disappointing team in the league so far. But hopefully a deal at the deadline will turn their season around. 
Yeah, and I hope it does because playoff Trey Young is super fun to watch. Oh yeah, but for sure. I want to get into another another deal that didn't happen, but was kind of floating around that it was proposed but declined. It was Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Matisse Thybul going to the Kings for Tyrese Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, and two first-round picks. And I just want to know, like, if you think that was a smart move to decline the trade, or if you think Philly made a mistake. Um, I honestly think I like the decline from Philly. I I know most people will disagree with me in, from that standpoint, but I think that Ben Simmons and Matisse Thybulle obviously are two of the best defenders in the league, and their value should be super, super high. Uh, I saw that Philly said that Matisse Thybulle is nearly untouchable for them. Uh, they value him super high, and um, I think Daryl Morey views Matisse Thybulle as a player that will be huge in playoff series when they go up against teams that have elite uh, players on the wings or guards even because he can guard so many different guys. Uh, before I continue my thought with the trade, uh, give me your thoughts on how much you value Matisse Thybulle. Matisse, I mean, he's already one of the best like wing defenders in the league and he can guard the best player every single night. But his offense just isn't there and I just don't know how like what a contract for him looks like because he doesn't really provide much on the offensive end. But he's definitely one of the, the like most elite defenders in the league and I mean he locks he he locks up so he's definitely yeah. a super good player but his offense just isn't enough for me to value him super high. I've just personally feel. Okay, and then I'll I want to touch on Halliburton and Heald and if I was Maury, how much I would value those two guys. Um, Halliburton, obviously, I'm super high on, and I think he has a super high ceiling as a point guard in this league, but I view him more as like a natural pick-and-roll point guard, which Joel Embiid is not uh, a big man that you generally see like running pick-and-roll with a point guard, and then rolling hard to the bucket for a lob or something like that. So, um, and then Halburn also is, he's a good three-point shooter, but he's not, like, an absolutely, like, amazing three-point shooter. So I just don't know. I just don't know about the fit with Halburn and Embiid because Halburn is ball dominant and is great in the pick and roll, but Embiid, when the offense, like, and the half court comes down to it in the playoffs, I think Philly's going to want players that will get the ball to Embiid and then space out, which I don't see how much I value Halburn there. Uh, and also, I love Tyrese Maxey. I think Maxey's a better defender than Halburn by a good amount, and he's better in transition than Halburton. And I don't know. I think Maxey's a great fit with Embiid. And then... For Buddy Heald, 
if I'm Philly, I'm I really like what I see out of Seth Curry, and I don't know how much I value Buddy Heald with his contract too. When you have a guy like Seth Curry, who's one of the best three point shooters in a league, and I just if I'm Philly, I don't I don't need to replace Seth Curry with another really good three point shooter. So that that's my main thoughts on this trade. Uh, I'm not saying like I think it's a good offer, but if I'm Philly, I'm gonna stay more patient and see what else I can get, especially with the guys they're offering me. Okay, my view on the deal is Tyrese is better shooter than you think, <laughs> and I think Joe. I know Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Their pick and roll when Simmons did play was super good because Simmons was able to attack the rim. But that was also without Simmons being able to hit a jump shot. And I know Tyrese can hit a jump shot very consistently, shooting 42% from three this year. And I th- I think him and MB together would be incredible. And it's to me, it's just about like what you're getting back for what you don't have already this year. And they're already playing without Ben Simmons, so I don't feel like you're losing that defense because he's not even playing. So you're really just losing... Matisse Thybulle's defense, and Harrison Barnes comes back as a pretty pretty solid defender. I feel like him for Harris is a pretty even trade-off there, and you lose salary, so you gain salary cap for this upcoming offseason. And then gaining healed, I mean, you can never have too many shooters, and Buddy's one of the purest shooters in the league. So I feel like the more depth you have, like adding another Steph Curry to the team, or Seth Curry, not Steph, sorry, just makes the Sixers so much more deadly because they have to guard another player now when Embiid's down in the post. Like you can't leave Buddy and Seth wide open. And then Tyrese, I just feel like Halburn's ceiling is extremely high, and his offense and his playmaking can become super elite. And I just feel like. When I view this trade, it's just like what you're getting back for, I'm going to say it again, what you get back for what you're losing. And since Simmons isn't already playing, I feel like you're gaining so much more by just like losing Matisse and Tobias Harris. And then you also throw in the two first round picks. And I feel like Harrison Barnes, Tyrese Halliburton, and Buddy Heald all fit perfectly around Embiid. And that just makes, I just feel like the deal makes the Sixers legit contenders if they make the deal. I don't know. You clearly yeah. don't. You don't. You don't see that, but I just feel like I they, mean, they would be super good if they made this deal. I can see it helping them improve, but also I can see it not not helping them improve that much. And I would just be hesitant with this deal if I was Daryl Morey. But well, and it's just like. Harrison Barnes is such a like a such better shooter than Tobias Harris and just plays so much better off the ball than Tobias Harris. And yeah, if, I mean, like he I'm just Philly, complements the most exce- so much more too than Tobias Harris does. Yeah, if I'm Philly, if getting off of Harris's contract is what I would be most excited about for this trade on. Yeah, that's insane. But and just, still getting two first round picks is while getting off that contract is insane to me. Yeah. Just for me and the way I watch basketball, uh, I just love elite defenders and I value them a ton. So, get, 
I value Simmons and Thibault a lot more than probably a normal NBA nerd would, but that's just my point of view. Yeah, but I mean, do you understand though? Like, you're not like you're losing Simmons, but you're not because he hasn't even played this year. So like, you're really gaining a ton by like making this deal. Yeah, but year. also if Philly looks at it that way, they're gonna take Simmons' value down a lot, and I I think teams around the league should value Simmons a ton still because he's still well, I know a generous. Philly definitely takes his value down to themselves because they're like he's not even playing but other teams are still going to value him because he's going to be an asset that goes to them so I feel like that's why I feel like they're getting a ton in this deal by getting Halbert and Barnes and healed because I feel like those three players complement and beat so well and then in Philly's eyes you're you feel like you're gaining more because Simmons isn't even playing for you yeah and won't won't play for you this year that's true so like well we, Simmons we can, value uh, is super we high. We can but... respectfully disagree with this one, but <laughs> we both brought up some decent points, I think. So I think I just love Halberin too much, and I feel like he's going to be elite. So yeah, Philly would be so good. I, with this I value Maxi and Thibel a lot more than a normal fan would too. So that's yeah. probably the reason I'm thinking this way. We just that's value. Different guys in different we're, ways. We'll respectfully disagree. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are there any more deals that you think could happen or that you want to see happen uh, before the deadline? So I mean, touch on at the end of the show. I just, just just one thing that I don't want to see happen is Indiana doing this thing where they make deals and they just stay level. Like they get players, like they're just swapping players. Like, let's shake it up and see, like, if this can get us to the play in. Because, like, it seems like Indiana's been that kind of organization that just wants to make the playoffs every single year. And, like, I, I just want them to blow it up and completely restart. If, and if I want, Indiana trades for a 30 year old, like, really good player, they should move to Seattle. I'd be so yeah, sick of them. I mean, Indiana's just needs to. Like Indiana is the home of basketball, but like Pacers organization is just terrible. Yeah, it's it's really hard to watch. Such an average team for the last I don't know since whenever they were making the Eastern Conference Finals, they just have been so average for so long. Yeah, and I just want to see Turner. I feel like Turner would fit so well in Memphis, adding that defense and also stretchability to the floor next to Jaw. And then also in Dallas, he would just fit so well there too, adding even more defense around Luka and some nice shooting. So, oh man, I never, I never thought of that Memphis Turner to Memphis. I like that a lot. Yeah, Turner's definitely an interesting player, and there's like teams like the Lakers are interested, but they're not getting him. The Lakers aren't getting anyone of significance. Yeah, the Lakers like, got. It just annoys me when the Lakers are in all these talks and they have one first round pick for the next seven years. Yeah, we're not. Let's let's just stay off the Lakers today. <laughs> let's not even talk about them. And then a player like Karis LeVert, he's been super like talked about going to Cleveland. What do you think about Karis LeVert going to Cleveland next to your boy Darius? Oh man, I would I would love to see that. Um, 
Cleveland would have to give up. I wonder what a deal like that would be. I've probably seen one, but I can't think off the top of my head. They would have to give up Colin Sexton, who they should be willing to give up because he's up for a contract. Mm-hmm. And then... I don't know what that deal would look like. A second but... or something, just like another piece thrown in. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Some but contract yeah, guys, but... Just getting that shot-making ability and playmaker like Karis LeVert definitely would make the Cavs that much better. Yeah. Like, the Cavs are... I think... Let me look at the standings. They're at the top of the East right now. And... um, They literally play on the court with like they're there's a six seed right now but they're two and a half games behind the one seed uh they play games and darius garland is literally the only guy handling the ball for like his whole stretch on the floor and watching that is like really fun to watch but at the same time you have to wonder like is this man like in a playoff series how is this man gonna play seven like seven games against one team and like a team's not gonna trap him or like get the ball out of his hands and then the Cavs are gonna have no clue what to do because this yeah. is like regular season basketball and like he can manage to do that, but when it comes down to bigger games, it's gonna be hard to just have one ball handler on the court. So I think a guy like Lavert who could who can handle the ball and he's a scorer could really boost this team's chance to like win one playoff series. I don't think they'll win any more than one playoff series, but yeah. Yeah, I mean in the playoffs you just need more than one ball handler or like one significant ball handler that like runs the offense and that's one thing that the Mavericks have struggled with the past two years is Luca always has the ball in his hands in the half court. And I feel like Cleveland, because Rubio went down, could fall into that same trap with Garland. And I'm I know they made the trade for Rondo, but he he's been out the last few games with a hamstring injury and those kinda linger a while. So you I mean you never really know how long he's gonna be out. And yeah. I feel like a player like Levert just will ease some press pressure off of Darius Garland because he can handle the ball a little bit. And just provides a nice scoring boost, like, any given night. Yeah, for sure. And then one more thing that I just want to touch on is Dennis Schroeder to the Mavericks. What Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Or, like, you think that would be good for the Mavs? Uh, Because I do feel like Dennis Schroeder is, like, going to not be in Boston after the deadline. Like, he's definitely getting moved. Yeah, I think... I think it would be good for the Mavs, but also, I think the Mavs are going to get Drogic, Goran Drogic. Really? What What do you think they throw to the to Toronto? Oh, I, I think, think I think he's going to get bought out. Oh, you, okay. And then, and you think I he think wants to be people in are like thinking that's a done deal that oh. Drogic is going to get bought out and then play with Luca for his like last. It's- year or two of his career yeah because he's has any like voice that he wants like wants to go to the mavericks or something like yeah it's known that he wants he to wants to play with luca because like they were on the same like national team and stuff but uh, i mean Dragic on the mavs would be nice i mean we haven't seen him play this year but 
Yeah. He's, he's solid. He's definitely he's a solid very, guard. He's a very good player. And, like, if you remember that heat run to the finals, he was amazing in that playoff run. Yeah, and it's, like, I, if his contract was smaller, Toronto would easily be able to move him. But I mean, he's just making too much money to get moved. Yeah. So, that'd be, I mean, to have Dragic come off your bench and have Brunson stay in your starting lineup, that like solve the issue not solve it but it really helped the issue with not having ball handlers on the team because those are three guys that yeah can really like handle the point guard position yeah i would love dragic on on the mavs that'd be incredible yeah but uh schroeder i don't know i don't know where i see him fit but I do think there's a good chance he gets moved. Is he on a two-year deal? I think. I think he's right on now. a one, one-year, five-year one deal or something. Like, yeah. Okay. That's so something. he's very movable. So. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, but I'm trying to think if there's any other deals. Um, you get that Golden State trade talk, but I really don't see anything happening. I think their roster stays pretty similar to the way it's constructed. And, I mean, if they continue to, like, struggle, I know they just lost the game last night to the Pacers. Like, it seems like they're starting to, like, struggle a little bit, and I don't know, like, if that's just, like, getting acclimated to Clay coming back or or what. I saw or, something that I know said, they're missing like, Draymond Green and that... Yeah, I saw they <laughs> were, like, a big loss have a horrible record without Draymond this year, so... But his injury doesn't seem to be super significant. I think Steve Kerr talked about that yesterday in his presser. Yeah. So he should hopefully be back soon for them. And hope, I just hopefully they turn it around if they can't when he returns. And if it's not past the deadline yet, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they do something because they do have a lot of young pieces that they can move easily. Yeah, for sure. Oh, wait, I do have one more that I want to want to talk about it's a little fantasy um sam presti needs to go get mo bamba from the magic sam presti are yeah. we talking about the thunder <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> uh mo next with gideon shea would be beautiful i mean mo thunder should just get moved true big. thunder just need a true big mo should J- definitely get moved i forget about mo jre at six nines not not cutting it yeah, I would love to see Mo in OKC. I yeah, if if he doesn't get moved, I'd be pretty disappointed considering he's a backup center that a lot of young teams would be very interested in starting, especially. Yeah, I'm willing to give up one of those that 2026 uh Clippers pick if they're if they're willing. A first rounder or maybe like or the Hawks pick that we have in like 2024 or something. That's like top ten protected. Man, you think Mo's worth the first rounder? I don't know if I Sam. Mean, his, his I don't know if Sam would is, agree with you. Is nice. Yeah. I mean, we just have so many. It's like, why not just throw one and just get him? It's true. Why not just go um, get him? Trying to see what they could do with like two seconds and I don't know. And Kenny Hustle from the Thunder also could be moved. Kenner Williams. He's just. 
Yeah. Another super good defender that can knock down a shot and just fits with any team. Well, so, Orlando is like a team that <laughs> they're not looking to compete right now either. So, like, I feel like Kenny Hustle is a guy that contenders would want to look at. Oh, no, I'm not saying to the Magic. I'm just saying Kendrick oh, Williams okay. will probably be moved yeah. by the deadline. Yeah, he. I think he has some value. I like him a lot. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. That's why he's called Kenny Hustle. He hustles out there. He's yeah, he, scrappy. He gets after it. He's a winning player for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't. But, I mean, I don't know of any other deals. Yeah. On the, off the top of my head right now. But I, I think just that's hope all that, we got. I just hope today. the deadline's exciting. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see more trades. I hope it's a busy deadline and that we get a lot of action. But sure. we still got some good basketball before then. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. All right, is that all, right, all we well, have to... Hope everybody enjoyed the show. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful day. See ya.